You're listening to the Yoga Inspiration Podcast with me, your host, Kino McGregor. I created this series to keep you inspired to get on the mat every day so that you can practice yoga and change your world, starting from the inside out, one breath at a time. Thanks so much for listening. Your support means everything to me. Hi, everyone. It's Kino here. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Yoga Inspiration Show. I hope these talks give you a little bit of inspiration to keep practicing and make your world a better place. Yoga is more than just a physical practice. It's a lifelong spiritual journey, and we constantly need sustenance to help us stay on the path. So I hope you find that sustenance right here, and I look forward to seeing you on the mat. Thank you so much for sitting together with me. I very much appreciate these time of sitting. And uh, really, I'm very inspired that so many of you keep returning and are deepening the sitting practice. So it's a very, very useful and very fruitful endeavor to engage upon. The benefits of every meditation sitting should be immediately evident. You should get up from each practice of sitting feeling a little bit better, a little bit of peace and harmony after every sitting. No matter what happened during the sitting, even if during the sitting you were just there thinking this, thinking that, little bit of metta at the end, and then every sitting should get up and notice some positive impact. And then the accumulation of that positive impact can be expressed in like 10 years of practice. So we begin to try to accumulate more time spent in the space between the thoughts rather than more time thinking. So this is an interesting concept. We spend so much time thinking. So that as we continue to sit, we start to generate more time in the space between the thoughts, rather than more time invested in the thoughts. But this is a very long journey of practice when we think about it, you know? So it is traditionally said that to reach a level of mastery over any activity, We need to take practice for, does anybody know the number that's traditionally said? 10,000 hours, right? So think of how much time we have spent sitting and then think about how much more time we have let to go, yet to go. (laughs) So we have many more steps to take on the path, myself included. So in the yoga practice, I think it's a little bit easier to accumulate hours of yoga practice, right? Because we're, the yoga practice is, we're doing things. So somehow we stay longer at it. And to sit continuously for hours and hours, it's very daunting and difficult. Hmm. But we keep trying, we keep trying. So at the end of maybe 10 years of practice, if we sit for five or 20 minutes each day, then we cannot expect to have 10,000 hours. Even if we sit one hour every day, For 10 years, we will not accumulate the 10,000 hours. So they say that, again, the 10,000 hours is is this baseline from which we we can expect to reach what we call in the spiritual practice. And that's not the firm ground. This is when we have accomplished something. You can reach the firm ground of meditation, meaning you're on the path. I think after just, I would say, you know, 10 years of practice, maybe we've accumulated a couple thousand hours, you know, maybe two, three thousand hours. Then we think, okay, here we are. We won't stop meditating then. We won't leave the path. We have to keep walking. 
we don't want to get any false sense of completion when we've just completed one quarter of the journey. Sure, you can make a pit stop and have some coffee somewhere and congratulate yourself, but you have to keep going. Otherwise, you won't reach the final destination. Okay, good. So let's take a look at some of the questions that have come in. I should also say that today is the full moon. So we have done a very uh, special meta practice for the full moon today. We did the meta practice of releasing things. So sometimes when, if we don't release things and we don't make space for new things to come in. So it's very, uh, the concept of letting go is important to making space for new things to come in. And this is traditionally something better done on the full moon rather than the new moons. We don't always do the meditations on the moon days, but since today is a full moon and we're very close to when the full moon is occurring, maybe in just less than an hour, we will have the crescendo of the full moon, at least here in Miami, this is when it's happening. I think it's same everywhere, but just different times of day, at least in this hemisphere, maybe the other hemisphere has something different. But uh, in the full moon, it's not recommended to take asana practice. Asana practice, you should not do on the full moon. But if you do it, there's no, there's no yoga police that are going to come put you in the jail for the full moon practice. But you're your own master. It's recommend, you know, things go crazy on the full moon. I don't know if any of you noticed that, but I've certainly noticed that. All things you don't expect to go wrong, then they all go like to go wrong on the full moon day. Anything you normally count on, do not count on that thing on the full moon day. There's going to be a power outage. It's going to be on the full moon. It's going to be a weird traffic jam. It's going to come on the full moon. There's going to be a weird bicycle that's going to throw itself in front of your vehicle as you're trying to drive. It's going to happen on the full moon. So we want, we want, we want to minimize things like that during the asana practice. Okay, But there's no harm in meditating. In fact, meditation can make you better equipped to handle those strange things that are coming on in the full moon days. Strange things happen every day, just they accelerate on the full moon, like an accelerator. So uh, Kipper, uh, who's joined, thank you, Kipper, is asking, she said, she or he, I'm not sure, but uh, Kipper says that I've heard you say in some of your classes, mostly yin or restorative, that if we find ourselves on the verge of sleep, it's okay. Is there any similarity between that state in yoga and in meditation? Oh, yes, very similar. However, different purpose. So in both, when I teach the, the yin or restorative class, I'm very interested in, get, in using the sort of downregulation of the nervous system to enter a very similar state as we are when we are in meditation. So I'm interested in shifting the frequency of the brain away from beta, which is the thinking mind, into the alpha state. And beyond alpha, we can enter other brainwave states as well. But I'm very, very interested in that. Um, it's the beginning of kind of a, a deeper state of consciousness. So in the yin practice, we're doing the yoga posture. The body is working as well. So the body contains so much exhaustion, so much tiredness, so much tension. So that if we find ourselves when we're doing yoga posture and you've got yourself on that edge between wakefulness and sleep, there's often this moment of surrender that, you know, you you can let go of, and there's a release that can happen. The yoga posture is great because you're not going to sleep too long in the yoga posture because at some moment there's a stretch that's going to keep your mind awake. And so this is why you can allow yourself when you're in the yoga posture, the yoga practice of yin or restorative, to let yourself go on that edge of wakefulness because you won't you won't actually you won't sleep for too long. You know you'll be in between that in between space, and so. As soon as the mind drops out of beta, 
and we enter that alpha space. It feels very much like an in-between space. When you come into meditation, what I very much would like you to do is to increase the in-between space. Unfortunately, in the meditation, because we're not holding posture, we can easily sleep. So you can easily just drift off into sleep, like full sleep. I've even seen some people just move their head a little bit over to the side and start to snore. And they only wake up if somebody wakes them up. So this we want to be very careful. And this is why we say in the meditation, at least we have some firm posture in meditation as well. That's why we recommend don't, don't lie completely down in meditation. Try to not change your posture because that will allow you to, again, keep the space of the in-between. We want to tap into that moment right before you fall asleep and then see if you can maintain that space as much as possible. That being said, um, that being said, it, uh, it, if you are very, very tired and you need to sleep, then sometimes the meditation practice can be the perfect like nighttime ritual. So particularly if you find yourself sleepless in the night with a lot of anxiety or something like that, and you know meditation makes you very sleepy, then please meditate yourself to sleep. Not a problem at all. And if you're just exhausted, you have um, a difficult, some difficulties in the life situation, stressful job, maybe a new baby, and every time you come to meditate, you fall asleep, let yourself sleep. It's okay. Not a problem. Same thing in the yin practice. If you do one yin pose and you find now it's time for bed, then go ahead and your life situation means like it's depriving you of sleep and please get the sleep and the rest that you need. So, okay. Guru has written a lot in the chat. I'm going to quickly read it all and see if there's, they don't want, everybody, if you want to read it, you can also read. It's long here. It's very nice what she's saying. Unfortunately, she said in August that she's gotten sick after being hospitalized, found it difficult to work. So in the January, she's been going through meditation and she's just saying thank you and try to continue to do the work. So, so Guru, whenever there is sickness, it's very difficult to come back from that, especially if you've been hospitalized. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And um, it's a different, it's just a different uh, paradigm when we've gone through something and then we come back. So whether it's an injury or whether it's a sickness that has brought us to the hospital or we had some surgery or some other thing where, where life has intervened, it's just so important not to operate from the paradigm of I'm trying to get my old practice back, whatever that is in terms of meditation and yoga. So whenever we can just think about operating, um, operating from the paradigm of how can I be grateful for where I am and how can I just show up and do the work of where I am and really plant those seeds of self-directed positivity which are very difficult to, to embrace, particularly when we're coming back from an injury or a period of sickness. But it is itself like a practice. Just as we practice coming back to the breath, we come back to practicing, how can I plant the seed of self-directed positivity about this moment right now where I would normally be really hard on myself, and really judgmental. And if self-directed positivity is too much, then we can at least try to claim the seat of neutrality, which is so important, and just observe. Here's this thing that's going on. I don't need to react to it. I can just observe this thing that's going on. Even if this thing is me and my reactions, even if this thing is the way I normally respond. So this is what I did. I don't, I'm just, I can just observe that. I don't need to add more fuel to that fire. And sometimes just observing even for a few moments breaks the cycle enough so that you can, you know, you can redirect. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a slow, humble path, but, but one that has great benefits.
So Raluca is asking a question about uh, something I've written in my first book called Sacred Fire. Uh, she says that I have written about a daydream where I have had some uh, experience of another life. And she says, can you talk about this and how do you relate with that experience and other, after other uh, more years of meditation and yoga, do you have similar experience interested in this topic? Raluca, if you're very interested in the topic of past lives, I can recommend a book called Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. It's a fabulous book if you're interested in that. It's really, really wonderful. So Dr. Brian Weiss actually is, lives here in Miami and I went to school with his daughter, strangely enough, um, and uh, went to the same high school. Uh, she's called Amy Weiss. She's an author now. She wrote a book. I saw her the other day and she's got a book came out maybe last year. Um, so if you're interested in the past life teaching, then this is a very, a very interesting book to read, The Many Lives, Many Masters. And uh, Dr. Brian Weiss was a uh, Ivy League trained psychologist who was working in um, hypnosis therapy and regression therapy, except he never meant to regress people to another life. And uh, he was taking people back to their childhood. And then in these sessions he was doing with people, suddenly they started reporting, oh, now I'm in ancient Egypt doing this, doing that. Oh, now I'm in, uh, you know, ancient China and somebody's chopping off my head. Oh, now I'm in the, you know, ancient uh, sub-Saharan Africa and I'm, you know, running for my life from a lion or a tiger or something like this. And, oh, I'm in the Amazon. I'm doing this. She's like, oh. So if he, for some years, he only took notes and didn't tell anybody because he was embarrassed. And he thought, I can't share this. The whole medical community will think I'm a laughingstock. Now I'm telling that the people are getting healed because they've processed their trauma from having decapitation from 5,000 years ago at the hands of some marauding invaders in ancient China. No, I can't say this. People will laugh me out of the Ivy League. But uh, he saw many benefits that came from this past life regression therapy. Uh, so he en ended up writing these books about it. It's very, very useful. I have done some sessions of past life regression therapy. And so what's very interesting about the Dr. Brian Weiss uh, method is that they're not interested in it for, the in for being interested in it. They're interested in it in how can you heal this trauma that maybe you've carried over from some past life so that you can live a better life today. So if you have some fear of water that's inexplicable, and every time you get near the water, you start to have a panic attack, but there's never been any negative water experience in your whole life, then maybe there's something in the past life. So then you, you know, maybe it comes up. Maybe it doesn't come up. Who knows? Maybe you just have some weird, inexplicable aversion to water. You don't know. But they're not interested in it to go and discover, oh, was I the king of, you know, king of Scotland in the year, you know, 631? Because the, 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 the you know, most people, they're just the ordinary person. Like we're ordinary people today. It's also we're just an ordinary person before. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes people, when they get interested in past lives, they're like, oh, I want to, oh, look, I'm closing my eyes. Wow, I'm Moses. You know, we want to, you know, see something really spectacular, right? Like, oh, I, I see that I'm, Ali, you know, Alexander the Great, and here I go invading whatever. And and actually, this is not, anyhow, not his purpose. So, you know, I don't know, maybe you were Alexander the Great. I don't know, who knows, right? Maybe you were Moses, who knows? And the, but the idea with the Dr. Brian Weiss teaching anyway is just to discover how any of this information can make you live a better life today. So the Many Lives, Many Masters book is a really nice one. There's another one called Only Love is Real which is a really, really wonderful book. That's just a really, really nice one. Those two books I can recommend for you to read. And like I said, I've done some of the, some sessions and had some other experiences and it was really, really, really insightful. So I can definitely recommend those books as a starting point. So Abby now has written, 
Uh, thanks for joining, Abby. I have been enjoying my meditation practice with you and with this community on Sundays, which is my rest day. Trying to commit to integrate daily meditation in my practice. When do you meditate in relationship to your asana practice and how long would you recommend meditating on a daily basis? There's two things. First, I would recommend that you meditate either first thing in the morning or last thing at night, if that works for you. However, another place to meditate according to your asana practice, if you want to integrate it to asana, is right before or right after your asana practice. You can do those two. If you do before, it's going to put you in a very nice zone for your asana practice. If you do right after, you're going to kind of extend and better anchor the positive vibration that you worked in your yoga practice. So you see what works better for you. Then to integrate daily meditation, I always recommend people to start just with five minutes a day, five minutes a day, because this is a, an attainable goal. And we often, as human beings, we like to, you know, try to climb Mount Everest uh, on our first go, you know, okay, I'm going to sit for one hour every day. Here I go. Uh, okay. You never sat a day in your life. And then every day you sit for one hour and then this is too much. And just climbing Mount Everest, you know? So just five minutes a day, start off, do that for a couple months. It's easy for you. 10 minutes. It's easy for you, 20 minutes, you know, maybe do 10 to 15, 15 to 20. And then never feel bad if you get very busy and you can only sit for five minutes a day. There are many people, they think, I do one hour, I do nothing. And this is what's called all or nothing thinking. We want to move away from this all or nothing thinking. Have it all or have nothing. Oh, no, no. We want to learn to cherish whatever short time we have. You can steal away from your life for five minutes. Wonderful. Embrace those five minutes. Make the best use of that time. 10 minutes, make the best use of that time. Oh, you're so lucky you have the full hour. Great. Make the best use of that time. Whatever time you have, make the best use of that. If you have one hour and you need to get asana and meditation done in one hour, depending on how long you've been doing asana, asana is probably your main practice. You can do asana for 50 minutes, then you lie down for five minutes, and then you can take five minutes of meditation. This works really well. Good. So nice to see that everyone enjoying these uh, practices. So Anna has a question. She says, thanks for the meditation. In the last few sessions after the meditation, I have no recollection of anything you said, but I'm fairly certain I did not fall asleep. I think after Anapanasati, I stopped uh, following the words. There's something I'm doing wrong. Should I be focusing on the words? No, it's fine. If you're internalizing the meditation technique, if you're doing, if you're really, really doing it, you should not remember anything I'm saying. It should just kind of float in and out. You know, the only time that you're really, really going to need to hang on to the words is if you're still uh, kind of learning and getting grounded in the technique. So this is um, this is something that, uh, that that's very useful. Occasionally here or there. Just make sure that you're not uh, daydreaming. So sometimes when you get fully lost in the daydream, then this can also bring about a little bit of a, a distracted state of mind. So just make sure that you're not daydreaming. And then if you're really focused doing the Anapanasati, then it, 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 you don't have to be tuning in to the, the words that I'm saying or the instructions that I'm giving because you already have the instructions. Just check in and make sure the mind isn't wavering. The mind is wavering, just bring it back. When you do metta, if uh, you have your own metta practice that works better for you, then you can do that as well. That's fine. There's just some general guidelines I'm giving you to help as we can see, as we continue to sit there, the metta practice is a little different each week. There are many different ways to do metta. So I've, as I've answered many students' questions about what different types of metta. So when it's, when it's time to do the metta, just keep it, keep an ear out for when it's time to do the metta. And then you can go, oh, now metta time. Then you can do your own metta. This is completely fine. So I remember I spoke with someone who found metta very difficult. 
And I, you know, the instruction then is um, to focus on anything that you find agreeable. Just one thing, any object in the world that, or any being you find agreeable. It could be kittens or puppies. And we just think about kittens and puppies. And this is totally fine, you know. Um, and if, then again, I said, if, if, if that's not working for Metta, then uh, uh, some being you love or some, some, some thing that you enjoy, you can focus on as well. So you remember when you really... My goal and my hope is that each of you can make the practice yours. And when we make the practice yours, then it becomes very, very well grounded. And then you can keep the practice for the whole life. So that's, that's what I hope is happening, that you get well grounded in the practice and that you can keep this practice going for your whole life. Good. So there are no more questions, everyone. So thank you so much for joining. I will see you again uh, next Sunday, I think, is the Easter Sunday. We have a special event. We will still do our long sit. Except following the long, long sit next Sunday, we have a special class with DJ Taz. So after the long sit, we will have a music-guided, uh, very down-tempo music, not the, not the rave music, just the down-tempo music uh, with the DJ Taz, something we have experienced before, a nice yin session, and then a little bit of journaling after. So we have about two hours. Uh, if you can only join for a little part, that's okay. You can pop in and out as you like. Join for the meditation. You want to pop out for the rest, fine. You want to only pop in for the... The, the 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 yin practice also fine totally up to you just sign up and you know it's it's a free for all the members so just uh, come on and join and i'll see you next sunday for a very special easter sunday we're we're making our um, additional special service for next sunday if you go to church you also go to church because you can do this also okay thanks everyone send you a lot of love and i'll see you next time bye Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Yoga Inspiration Show. It's always a pleasure to share the inner space of the yoga journey with you. Remember, you can always find me online at omstars.com, www.omstars.com, and on my YouTube channel and all social media at Kino Yoga. I look forward to seeing you on the mat. And more than anything, I hope you take the inspiration to practice yoga and make your world a better place. Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS, and that's at www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime. So you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit, which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.